Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, this episode is sponsored by Spoken. They specialise in helping busy people improve their English for professional purposes in a really convenient way. With Spoken, you can get tailored and flexible English lessons delivered directly to your phone via WhatsApp or other messaging services. It's a new way of learning and teaching English and welcome to the future, basically. The guys at Spoken are offering you two free lessons and then 20% off all of their courses. So two free lessons and then 20% discount. To check it out and to automatically get that discount, go to getspoken.com slash LEP, getspoken.com slash LEP, or click a spoken logo on my website. Also, you can just use the offer code LEP to get that 20% discount at checkout. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to play you another conversation which I recorded during the recent Christmas holiday. And in this one, you're going to hear my brother and me talking to our Uncle Nick about some of the amazing rock stars that he's met over the years. Um, Nick has always been a huge fan of rock music, and because he was born in the early 1950s, he saw many of Britain's greatest rock stars performing live on stage quite early in their careers. I'm talking about the late 1960s, throughout the 70s, and beyond. And uh, Nick has met a lot of musicians at gigs, but he also just has a knack for bumping into rock stars in normal, everyday situations, and then being very cool, calm and casual in their company. It's almost like they're on the same wavelength or something. Um, Anyway, my brother and I have always enjoyed hearing Nick's anecdotes, and I'm very glad to have recorded some of those stories for this podcast. Um, If you're a fan of rock music, especially some of the classic bands of the 60s and 70s, then I'm sure you're going to be impressed by some of the people that my uncle has met, talked to, and even had breakfast with. And there's one person in particular that he once bumped into who's not only a bona fide legend of the music world, but also just one of the most famous people on the planet today. Any idea who that is? Well, to find out, just keep listening. So here is a chat with my uncle Nick uh, with some help from James. I say help. What I actually mean is that uh, he just takes over the interview at one point because he thinks he can do a better job than me. And maybe he's right. Uh, I don't know. You can be the judge of that. Um, Anyway, that's enough of an introduction. Here now is the conversation. Um, Nick, one of the things I've been wanting to ask you for ages on this podcast is yep. to to tell us about some of the frankly legendary uh 
uh, rock and roll artists that you've met? Because my listeners don't know about you, but basically, well, oh, I don't know how to explain it. So but when was he born? When was he born? All right, when were you born? Go when on, James. Born? Do you want to direct this? Uh, yeah, I'd like to. Go on then. Right. A better job than you're doing, yeah. So, Nick. <laughs> yes. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. Thank you. Let's very forget much. this last twenty minutes of waffling yeah. happened and yeah. just cut and, to and the get chase. To the meat of so, the can we just? Yeah. Um, how old are you? Can I just ask if that's uh, not a rude well, question? Actually, funny you should say that. Uh, tomorrow's my birthday. As as it is, of course. Yeah, and uh, I'll give you a clue. Dum 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 dum. Sixty four tomorrow. Older, that's it. Oh yeah, you don't that's right. you don't when look I'm a day 60. over. So I'm so 63. I was born in, I was born in 1952 and I'm sixty four tomorrow. Well, that's great. Um, mm. you'll, you'll still be here. Well, are you going today? We're going this afternoon. Oh well, you'll take your presents with you. Mm. The presents um, that I've actually already got. But so that puts you that age group puts you bang in the classic rock. Territory, uh, it actually, doesn't it, really? from my point of view, it puts me slightly uh, sort of born three years too late. Right, that's um, quite specific. What do you mean, born three well, years too well, late? Well, because I um, I slightly missed out on um, the Isle of Wight Pop Festival in 1970, for instance. So, so I, I mean, I, I was just really into music uh, um, from as long as I can remember, really. Yeah, what was the but first... My, my earliest musical memories were we had some friends who... Well, some friends of my parents who lived in Wolverhampton. And we used to go and see them on a regular basis. And I used to spend the whole time in the kitchen uh, with their daughter's parents uh, Dan set record player, mm-hmm. uh, listening to um, the Brook Brothers, the Everly Brothers singles, uh, Cliff Richard singles, and the Shadows. Shadows, yeah, yeah. Pr- primarily the Shadows. Um, and I just spent a lot of time listening to those, learnt all the lyrics to the songs and everything. And then I just was interested in music from then on. Mm, really. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but even- the thing, the thing about being born. Um, three years too late if I'd have been born in say 1949 1950 I would have been just old enough to have taken myself off to the Isle of Wight festival for instance when was uh, the Isle of Wight well that was 1970 okay uh, James you want to carry on because you apparently can do a better job at this than I can okay uh, so why would it have been the Isle of Wight festival that you particularly wanted to go to well it was the year after Woodstock you know the American festival and uh I, I should point out that I, ha- I had been going to see lots of bands um, from about 1968 up to 1970. And all of that sort of culminated in this incredible festival on the Isle of Wight. But I, you know, my mum and dad wouldn't let me go, basically. Because you were too young. Just a bit too young, they thought. Jimi Hendrix played that year, didn't he? Um, or did he not? He did, bit, yeah. He did. He, he, he did. He headlined it. He he had headlined it. Um, it was the Who and then the Hendrix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever see Hendrix? No, live? I didn't. Shame. Did you ever but, see the Who live? Yes. Well, how were they live? They were incredible. I mean, I used to go to a club near near Birmingham called Mothers. It was a small club, um, which which was basically a furniture storage area above a shop. Very unremarkable um, place, really. And uh, just saw all these bands there, in- including The Who. Uh, saw The Who do uh, Tommy there. Wow. Um, and various other bands. So um, I, that was usually every Sunday night, I think. I seem to remember they were on. Cool. Did, that sounds pretty did you, epic. Didn't you end up backstage at a Well, Who yeah. Concert? The Who. I mean, the thing about 
it was probably hard for people who, are, who kind of go to music gigs, as they call them now, to imagine what it was like in those days because this was just a room and the stage was probably no more than um, four foot, five foot up from the ground. There were no, absolutely no barriers, no press enclosures, no VIP enclosures, nothing like that. No security guards. Nothing at all. No, no health and safety. Come back to yeah, health and safety. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was just crammed into this hot room and uh, right up against the stage. So, you, I mean, you literally could, re- if you wanted to reach out and touch the performers, you could. Um, and I always got to the front, and I was always right at the side of the side of the stage. And I can remember the Who doing Tommy, and um, Pete did his. Uh, he started uh, he, because the room, the the ceiling was so low. Yeah, uh, he he kept hit, hitting his guitar against the ceiling and eventually smashed his guitar up which is was was his um that's what he did that because the the thing about the who is that they were incredibly sort of what how would you describe it an explosive yeah they were they were amazing live act and Um, pete townsend would sort of fling himself around the stage a lot yeah and lift his guitar up above his head yeah yeah he was very um um very active you know he was difficult to take your eyes off him Physically, sort of doing the windmill swing, yeah, swinging yeah. his arm around in yeah. a big circle, yeah. sort of throwing his guitar into the air at times, yeah. and then often smashing up the guitar yeah. at yeah. the end of the, That's the right, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and um, and also Keith Moon as well. Yeah, Keith Moon. I, he was there. Uh, well, they were all there. Yeah, um, but you know, as I say, it was you just stood right by the stage. Uh, and yeah, at the end of one particular gig, um, I just wandered. Um, Backstage, it just walked in, through. Just the- walk, walk backstage um, and into this room, and I can remember quite clearly. Pete was lying on a mattress, uh, drinking from a rum bottle of rum or brandy, just direct from the bottle. Yeah, just lying on a mattress, drinking from this this bottle of brandy, and um, uh, Keith was in his underpants. <laughs> uh, Keith, Keith was Keith was looning around in his underpants, and the thing I remember was uh, he had bruises mm. all up the insides of his arms what, fr- what and, from? And from the, and, and his legs just from hitting the kit you know so the inside of his arms were just kind of scarred and bruised because he was such a dynamic drummer yeah uh, these were all kind of just injuries that he sort of picked up along the way yeah because if you uh, see the way he used to play he mm. wasn't the most sort of um I don't know, controlled no. drummer. He no. would, his arms would be flailing around yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And often, you, you know, he's not even looking at the kit that he's playing. Mm. Uh, the result would be amazing to watch and to listen mm. to. But yeah, he would be constantly hitting his yeah. arms on yeah. the edges of yeah. the drums. Yeah, he was a very, very physical drummer. Mm. And the other interesting thing about them was that it was always seemed to be him and Pete that were playing alongside each other you know it's normally it's the bass player and the drummer but in this case it always seemed to be pete was following keith and vice versa mm. it's quite interesting really yeah, uh, yeah but yeah it was amazing he just wandered backstage i don't remember seeing john entwistle i remember roger daltrey walking past me scowling really uh but but keith, keith and pete were just you know i think i probably said something like you know oh you're great you know that nice was one yeah and they were just friendly and nice, and really? no, nobody threw me out. You know, it's amazing, really. Wow. I, it's just amazing now when you, when everything is so different, and you just um, you can't even get near the stage. Yeah. Um, so it was very different. Wow, amazing. Mm. Who else have you met then? I mean, uh, uh, at well, other other times, didn't you live with uh, a member of Motorhead? Well, I lived in the same uh, 
squat for about two weeks as Fast Eddie. You lived in the same well, squat, I, so like some house that I everyone... was just. It was a big house in West Kensington that he was living in at the time. Yeah, and I, um, I was, I was lived there for a, for a, for a couple of weeks, and uh, I remember sharing a bowl of cornflakes with Fast Eddie. <laughs> uh, sharing was, a bowl? Well, I didn't share a bowl, but we had a bowl of cornflakes <laughs> together. Uh, who was Fast Eddie then? Because James, well, he was Fast Eddie was the, uh, the 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 best Motorhead, you know, the original Motorhead guitar player. And Motorhead, we know from Lemmy, from Lemmy of course. Yeah, yeah. James, yep. so you've met the guy. You've you've shared a bowl of sugar with the guy. Well, that, well, I, I think we played probably, on Ace we, of we, Spades. Uh, we probably um, <clears throat> we probably took from the same sugar bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. And it was sugar. It was definitely, it was <laughs> definitely sugar. He's actually talking about sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing sugar. else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember an awful lot about it, but it it, it was. Um, it did happen. It did That's happen. The main thing. Yeah. So yeah. Do, do you? But, Sorry? You don't remember what Fast Eddie was like and how Not fast really. I, I don't how rem- fast he was, for example? No, I don't remember him being particularly fast. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why did they call him Fast Eddie? Because he was a fast guitar player. Yeah. But as a person, he was probably he, he average was just, he, speed. Have you ever seen him interviewed? No. He's brilliant. He's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Is he still alive? If you watch the Motorhead, um, what's it called? Classic Albums. Mm-hmm. You know, the Classic Albums series. There's one on Ace of Spades. And he's really funny in that. They're all right. hilarious in yeah. that. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nick um, shared a bowl of cornflakes yeah. with him. Rock um, and roll. But Rock as I say, I think, I think the thing was that, it, you know, it sounds like in those days, in the old days, yeah. um, you have to remember that kind of that kind of music was was in, in its infancy, really. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the, there were no huge stadium concerts in those days. There were free festivals. Mm-hmm. So there were Hyde Park festivals where usually bands played for nothing and loads of people turned up. Um, but, you know, there were no no huge stadium gigs at that point. Right. Okay. Uh, the nearest you got to that was concerts. So the biggest things I went to were things at the Birmingham Town Hall, yeah. Uh, but even at the Birmingham Town Hall, I because I was a bit of a like male groupie. Yeah, really? uh, you know, I was just like really into the the, the bands, um, and um, I used to kind of loiter around afterwards. Yeah. So as a result, I remember helping Free. I don't know if your listeners wouldn't know of a band, an English band from the progressive music scene called Free. Mm-hmm. What's their biggest hit? Uh, all, all Right Now. All oh, right of course. Now. That's classic. Right, yeah. Baby, All-time classic. They, they, right. they were a wonderful band. Very um, very simple, um, sparse sort of music they play, but, but with great feeling. And I mm. um, mm. uh, saw them at the Birmingham Town Lot and helped them into the their equipment, helped them load their equipment into the back of their transit really, van yeah. after the gig. So yeah. you were an unpaid uh, roadie for a while. No, I just was just helped them load their equipment in because they were then driving up to Bristol or something. Yeah. Um, um, with, with them. So that was, that was one thing. Okay. And, um, had my, I had my, um, I broke my wrist playing football and I went to see Jethro Tull and they let me into the dressing room because you so had that, a broken because wrist. I had a broken wrist and the members of Jethro Tull signed my uh, plaster. Oh wow! So that was a good one. Cool. Um, members of Jethro Tull signed your signed the si- signed the, the plaster, the plaster on your broken on wrist. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe this is that interesting to people. I don't know. I find let's, it, let's, uh, let's get to the meat and veg of it. The, the, the meat yeah, of it. Yeah. So 
we hear you met a very famous person in a shop once. Um, Would you like to tell us the story? Because it's not just that Nick meets f- sort of these rock and roll stars at the concerts. No, also, that's true. The strange thing about... Yeah, sorry. He also sorry. bumps into, bump into people, musicians yeah. just in normal life, just in everyday life. Like, it's sort of... I don't know how it happens. But yeah, you met well, a famous person in a shop. I met a... I met possibly... Well, possibly one of the most famous people in the world... In a right. shop in um, Rye, which is a little village in East Sussex, which is on the south coast of England. Beautiful little village where we were down there on holiday, me and Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, we went shopping and Rose wanted to get some art materials from an art material shop mm-hmm. in Rye. So we walked into the shop and she was busy looking at bits and pieces. I went into the uh, main part of the shop and looking at stuff in the shop and I was aware of one other person in the shop who was talking on his mobile phone to the uh, shop assistant. Okay. And they're having some sort of conversation about um, whether his credit card was acceptable. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was was some... He was talking to the bank or something. I don't quite remember the details of that, but he said, well, well, why don't you talk to them? He handed his phone across to the person behind the counter. I thought, my God, that voice is familiar. Yeah. Uh, Why why don't you talk to them? uh, And uh, I turned around and he turned around and it was Paul McCartney. Bloody. Macca. And I just instinctively said, Paul, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he said, now I ha- at this point, I have to say that I don't know whether the podcast listeners are aware of Luke's um, skill as a mimic, but Luke actually does a very good Paul McCartney. But I, 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 I just said, uh, you know, Paul, how are you? And he said to me, um, I'm fine, how are you? And we shook hands and uh, I had a camera with me and we had a conversation about, he said, oh, have you been out taking photographs? And I said, yes, and uh, showed showed him the pictures on the back of my camera. And we had this really nice chat about photography and birds because I've been photographing birds. Right. So we had a chat about photography and birds Mm -hmm. and... um, Talked about the nature reserve, which is just down down on the coast. And then uh, he went back to talking to the shop assistant, and yeah. Rose came in. I was nudging her, saying, um, it's Paul McCartney, it's Paul McCartney. <laughs> and she said, what? Huh? <laughs> um, and then he, he left the shop, but it was... It was all rather surreal, but the thing that impressed me was um, he was just on his own, it was a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. He'd uh, come into town to buy some paints because he does a bit of painting. Yeah. And he was a really nice guy and very friendly and unassuming and he didn't have an entourage of bodyguards yeah. or not with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was wow. just a really nice experience. And, of course, he's a big hero of mine. You know, I love the Beatles and, yeah, yeah. Um, and all Paul stuff. So, yeah, it was uh, remarkable, really. Now that you sort of think about it afterwards, mm. do you ever kind of look back on it and think, oh, I wish I'd said this or wish I'd asked yeah. him that? What, um, what would you have asked him? I, if I don't get... know, really. Um, I mean, I think it was actually quite quite good that I didn't say... Okay, breakfast that is I, ready. That I didn't sort of say to him... Um, oh, I love your music. You know, I love, uh, you know... Junior's Farm is my favourite wing single, or you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> uh, let's get the girl to take a picture of us together. This is pre-selfie. This is pre-selfie days. Okay. Um, 
Um, so I, I don't know. The conversation was really nice, actually. I, yeah, I think you probably did it just right because mm. otherwise, we'd be like, "Oh my God, Paul, yeah. you're amazing! I love Let It Be." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. He would probably would have run away from you, but mm. yeah. All right, brilliant. So that's great. Are you a, you? You, you take photos. I love cameras. Me, you know, if I wasn't in the Beatles, when I when I was in the Beatles, I used to take photographs all the time. I'm going to make a book with all the photos. So, so th- th- this is Luke's fantastic impersonation of Paul. Think yeah. breakfast is ready. Yeah, breakfast is ready. It was great talking to you. Okay, thank you, all Paul. Right, I mean, Luke. Um, all right, let's go and have breakfast. Okay, right. Nice one. Okay. Okay, so then we uh, went and had our brekkie, uh, which was prepared by my dad. Uh, that's why he wasn't in the recording there, because he was in the kitchen cooking the uh, the breakfast, doing the scrambled eggs and the bacon and toast and uh, tomatoes and all that stuff, uh, freshly squeezed orange juice. So we all we went off and had our brekkie. Um, but there you go, my uncle met Paul McCartney. Can you believe it, Paul? Paul McCartney, for goodness' sake, it's amazing, Paul McCartney. From the Beatles and from Wings, you know, he's great, isn't he, Paul? Um, and um, But that's not it, because later on, um, because later on that day, and um, the conversation was recorded on Boxing Day, um, later that day, we went for a walk uh, and, uh, and then went to the pub on the way home for a pint. And uh, I took the chance to just uh, ask Nick to tell me about another story. And in this one, he's going to tell us about how he ended up playing football with Pink Floyd. That's right, Pink Floyd, uh, that amazing band that produced those classic albums in the 70s, like Dark Side of the Moon. Nick played a game of football uh, with the members of Pink Floyd once. Uh, And so here's Nick telling that story in the pub over a lunchtime pint. So you played football with Pink Floyd then as well, did you? Yes, I did, yeah. It was when we were at uh, Art College in Alexander Palace in North London. Um, and the studios were above the Great Hall in Alexander Palace. And uh, this would be about 1970, I suppose. And uh, suddenly we heard this noise coming up from downstairs. Um, thinking, you know, what, what's that? And somebody went down there and it was uh, Pink Floyd, who had hired the Great Hall uh, for to rehearse for the Atom Heart Mother Tour. Um, so we, we all went down there, you know, us art students went down there and kind of uh, just stood around watching them. And then they had this uh, catering company came in and uh, brought their lunch trolleys round. And somebody, one of the Pink Floyd roadies, uh, produced a football. So we had a five-a-side game of football with the Pink Floyd. Really? Yeah. And was it Pink Floyd on one team and all the art students on the other? It was Pink Floyd versus the art school. And do you remember what happened? I don't remember the score, unfortunately. Can you tell us anything about the way Pink Floyd played football? Uh, Dave Gilmore was, was very good. Yeah, the, the rest of them weren't so good. Dave Gilmore clearly had, had, a, had a, 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 a footballing eye. Yeah, um, uh, Sid Barrett wasn't involved. Us. Oh, this was post-Sid Barrett. He'd been thrown out by then. Pity, because... If Sid Barrett had been on the team, you probably would have won. Uh, do you think so? I doubt it. I don't know. I mean, it depends if it had been the sort of the bright, sprightly, intelligent Sid Barrett or the kind of brain-frazzled Sid Barrett. They would have put him in goal and you would have just been able to score easily. 
quite quite possibly, but it was um, it was a, it was a really good fun, and it was uh, totally impromptu, and um, just again a sign of the times, really. Fantastic. Okay, I think we're leaving the pub now, so I might ask you another question in a minute. So there you go, a game of football with Pink Floyd, not too bad. Uh, but that's not it, because we then left the pub to go home. And on the way, I recorded Nick uh, talking about um, a couple of other uh, rock star encounters that he's had. Didn't you also take a pee in a urinal with uh, Dave Gilmore from Pink Floyd? Well, yeah, that's quite an interesting story, because we now fast forward to 2008... And uh, I was actually at a Neil Young concert at Hammersmith Apollo, um, in actually sitting in the front row. And I uh, went to the loo um, just before Neil came on and uh, found myself next to Dave Gilmore again. Oh of course, what I should have done is said to him, do you remember that football match in Alexandra Palace? Um, but I didn't. But that, that actually goes with uh, two other pop stars that I've met in urinals. Uh, not- notably uh, public toilets, notably um, um, <laughs> notably uh, Don Powell, who is the uh, Slade drummer. Yeah, you mentioned Don Powell before, didn't you? Didn't you mention Don Powell when we were talking before? I don't remember. He was the drummer for Slade. That's right. Birmingham rock band. Birmingham, well, Wolverhampton rock band. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and also Rat Scabies, uh, who he was the... Who's Ratscabies? Uh, he's the drummer with The Damned, uh, a yeah. punk, punk rock group. They, so, yeah. Apparently the, the, the Damned were... Consi- uh, the, the Damned are generally considered to be the third most important punk rock band. Right. The first, obviously, being the Sex Pistols, the second being The Clash, yeah. and then The Damned. Yeah. So, all right, you shared a public toilet with Don Powell, the drummer from Slade, and Ratscabies, the drummer from, uh, the from The Damned. What is it about you and drummers in... in toilets did you look uh, i didn't i didn't know ratscavis was uh, very drunk uh don powell was just exiting the toilet so i don't really remember um so yeah i don't know it's just a, a bit of a strange coincidence still amazing though uh, <laughs> well thanks for talking to me anyway uh, it's been a pleasure so there you are And um, I would just like to say at this point, thank you very, very much to Uncle Nick for agreeing to have those stories recorded. And also happy birthday to him as well. A kind of belated happy birthday. Belated happy birthday. That's what you say to someone when you wish them a happy birthday, but a bit late. Belated happy birthday. Um, Belated. That's spelled B-E-L-A-T-E-D. That's how it's spelt belated happy birthday i did wish him happy birthday on the day and all that sort of thing it's a bit unfortunate when you have your birthday like two days after christmas day um because it means that your birthday ends up being a bit kind of forgotten because everyone does the christmas thing and then your birthday is like added on at the end must be a bit annoying it probably feels like you've you kind of don't get a proper birthday anyway happy birthday happy belated birthday to nick and thank you very 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 much to uncle nick for being uh, willing to tell those stories on this podcast um and listeners let us know what you think okay and tell us which one you think is the most impressive story 
because they are impressive stories, aren't they? Come on. Paul McCartney of the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Fast Eddie from Motorhead. Come on. Now, I realise that there will be people out there listening to this who don't really know a lot of the people that we've been talking about. I'm sure that you know Paul McCartney. I'm sure like 99% of the population of the world knows Paul McCartney, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe there are some people in certain corners of the world who, Paul McCartney, who is, what is Paul McCartney? You know, but um, you, you probably know Paul McCartney, but you might not know the who, Pete Townsend, Keith Moon and Roger Daltrey and John Entwistle from the who. You might not know them. Motorhead, you might not know. Um, Pink Floyd. It's hard to imagine that you won't know Pink Floyd, but there's probably some of you. like Pink what? Yeah, Pink Floyd. Uh, the Damned, uh, Slade. That You probably don't know some of these bands. I'll tell you what. You know what I'm going to try and do is actually play you little extracts, uh, little extracts of their music. Not too much. Obviously, I can't play a lot of this stuff, but little clips just to kind of jog your memory. You know who Paul McCartney is. I don't need to do... I don't need to play Hey Jude or something, uh, do I? No, of course not. Um, you, you might not know how Paul speaks. You might not know that Paul sort of speaks like that. That's exactly how he speaks, okay? Um, uh, no, my impression's not that great or anything. There are people out there who do really great impressions of Paul McCartney, but it's one of the impressions that is quite fun to do. You know, it's fairly easy. You just kind of make your voice a little bit high like that and you sort of, you have to do a little pout with your mouth when you're speaking and you make your head bubble around a little bit and then you have to point with your finger when you're speaking like that. And this is a bit like the way Paul used to speak. He used to speak a little bit more like this, you know, his voice was cleaner and a little higher than it is now. You know, when we were in the Beatles, we used to blah, blah, blah. You know, that's like the old Paul... Uh, I mean, the previous Paul, but nowadays Paul's voice has changed a little bit. And these days, Paul sort of speaks, he's got a slightly more, like a deeper sound in his voice. And his voice has changed over the years. I think it's from doing lots of singing, lots of live singing. Um, Yeah, anyway, you know Paul McCartney, but do you know The Who? Let's see. Uh, I'm going to try and maybe play you... Uh, one track that you might know. What's the most famous track they've done? Maybe this one. Does that make? Does that sound familiar? I need to fast forward to the bit where the music kicks off. Does this sound familiar? I think they used this in the opening sequence of a TV show, which is that might be how you know it. But the song itself is just brilliant. This is Barbara O'Reilly by The Who, and I can't—I have to talk over it because I can't just play the song on, on the podcast. You can find it on Spotify or anywhere else in the world. This is Barbara O'Reilly by The Who. Out here in the fields. That's Roger Daltrey on vocals. Oh yeah, come on. Maybe you know this one. This is one of their earlier songs. People try to put us to death. This is my generation by the Who. Talking about my generation. Talking about my generation. 
Okay. Right, you know that one? How about this one? Come on, you, you must know this. If you don't know this song, then you've got to go out and get yourself, like, I don't know, the best of the Who or something. That'll probably do. Or at least you could buy Tommy, one of their best albums. Um, but you probably just get, like, the greatest hits of the Who. And it'll have all the best songs on it, like this one. This one's called Pinball Wizard. There's Pete Townsend on the guitar. Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Soho down to Brighton. Oh, it's great stuff. And here comes Keith Moon on the drums. Sure plays a mean I've got to play you this, just just for the drumming. Because Keith Moon was an exceptional drummer. He wasn't, like I said, he wasn't in complete control, or it sat, it didn't look like he was in complete control all the time, but uh, uh, he really was in the music, he really felt the music, and uh, the things he did the, the, on the drums are almost impossible to repeat. He was com- totally unique as a drummer. Here, here he is. Anyway, uh, that's The Who, and, well, I'll play you a tiny little bit of Pink Floyd, maybe. Um, Pink Floyd, probably the the most famous song is probably Another Brick in the Wall. This one. You know this one, right? Pink Floyd, uh, Roger Waters, David Gilmour, Rick Wright. Damn, what's the name of the drummer? can't remember his name. Pink Floyd drummer was called Nick Mason. All right. And of course, Sid Barrett. But uh, he got chucked out of the band. For various reasons. Right, you know this one, right? Teacher, leave those kids alone. And this one, money. This is off Dark Side of the Moon. Come on, it's amazing stuff. That's that's Pink Floyd and uh, Motorhead. Um, you know Motorhead because of the lead singer, Lemmy, who is one of the people that we lost in 2016. Uh, this is their most famous song. It's called The Ace of Spades. Yeah, come on. Yeah, they they kind of invented punk in a way. They were the first real metal band or the real sort of thrash metal or punk metal band. Or one of the first anyway. So that guitar that you're hearing, that was played by the guitarist called Fast Eddie. 
because he was so fast on the guitar. That's the guy that my uncle shared a bowl of cornflakes with, or at least a bowl of sugar. He says it was sugar anyway. Of course it was sugar. Just sugar. We're just talking about sugar. Okay, the bloody brilliant stuff. Um, what else was there? Uh, Slade. I mean, you, d- you probably don't know Slade, but they were a fantastic uh, group from Wolverhampton in the Midlands. This is Slade. Here we go. I have to say that one of the things I'm most proud about as a British person is the music that we've produced over the years. Sure, our food isn't the greatest and we've got crappy weather and all that sort of thing, but the music's pretty good, you have to say. Um, I didn't play anything by The Damned, but um, uh, anyway, they're in there. So let us know which one you found to be the most impressive story. And there will be you're going to find a poll on the website uh, that will um, give you these options. So just you know, click the one that you, that you found the most impressive. Um, so here are the options. Meeting Pete Townsend, Keith Moon and Roger Daltrey from The Who backstage at a Who concert. Uh, sharing a bowl of sugar with Fast Eddie from Motorhead. Helping the members of Free load their gear into the back of the van. Free, I forgot to, to play you a song by then. Uh, I've got, oh, come on, I've got to play you a little clip of Free uh, because um, that, that particular track that they, they did uh, called All Right Now uh, is just brilliant. This is, this is All Right Now. Do you know this one? It's a classic. Okay. Okay, that's All Right Now by Free. So, uh, helping the members of Free load their gear into the back of a van... Uh, having his plaster cast on his broken uh, wrist signed by the members of Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull, another band that I I didn't play you any of, any of their music, but anyway, you can check it out. Jethro Tull, brilliant. Uh, bumping into Sir Paul McCartney. Don't Let's not forget that he is uh, Sir Paul McCartney. Bumping into Paul, Macca, they call him. That's his nickname. And having a chat with him about cameras and birds. Paul McCartney, Paul come on. Uh, playing football with the members of Pink Floyd, sharing a public toilet with Dave Gilmore of Pink Floyd, sharing a public toilet with Don Powell of Slade, and sharing a public toilet with the apparently very drunk Rat Scabies, uh, the drummer from The Damned. And I'm sure there are others too, not necessarily in the toilet, uh, but in other situations. But who knows? I mean, there may have been other encounters that he doesn't remember for one reason or another. Um, now, go to the page for the episode. You will find that poll where you can sort of like vote for the one that you like the most. And uh, also, you'll see some videos. So I'm going to post some videos uh, on the page uh, uh, and some other links so that you can see footage of those musicians in action so you can actually see really who they were. Um, okay, and so that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening all the way through to the end. And um, don't forget to join the mailing list. Um, just go to the page, you know, go to the website. You'll see the 
uh, uh, the form in the top right-hand corner that says join the mailing list. Just stick your email address in there. I'm not going to bombard you with spam or anything like that. Um, it's just a way for you to get uh, uh, access to the page for every episode. I'll send you a link to your inbox whenever I upload new episodes. And then you can just get straight onto the page and see things like the poll and the videos and things very easily. Okay, thanks so much for listening. And thanks again to members of my family for agreeing to be on the podcast. There's another one of these coming in probably the next episode. Because um, after talking to my uh, my uncle Nick about... Um, all of those people that he'd met, uh, other members of my family decided that they had stories that they wanted to tell as well. So you will get another recording with um, uh, my mum, my dad and my brother. And uh, that's kind of a a fun uh, conversation uh, where you hear them talking about various people they've met, including stars of TV in the UK, members of the royal family, Um, and other people. All right, so you can look forward to that one. But for this episode, for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humor and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.